Town Bank Mortgage, NMLS number 512138, is an equal housing lender. This podcast is for informational purposes only. And now, the man born with a 5 o'clock shadow and with the NMLS number 2028201. He is a gentleman. He is a scholar. He is Tyler Crawley. Man, I'm having all kinds of technical difficulties as we try and get the podcast off the ground. You would think this would be like routine at this point. You would think that, but that's that's not how I roll. Welcome, everyone, to the Friday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, as always, the aforementioned. I like to say that, the aforementioned. Tyler Crawley. So one of my lights, so if you're if you're watching on YouTube... One of the lights went out um, on my on my right, my right side. It, it's it's gone. It, it it's not working. Um, I didn't charge it. I it, they're, 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 they have they have internal batteries. I didn't charge it. Good thing it's not. Good thing I don't drive an electric car because I would wake up one morning and be like, oh no, I can't go to work because I forgot to charge my car. So the light's not working. So I have the light on behind me. Which I don't know if that's doing anything at all. And then uh, my other light is—I I don't know—it it was like I—it was pointing in the wrong direction, and the show's starting, and I'm a mess. That's all. I'm, thank God it's Friday. Is all I'm going to say here. Thank God it is Friday, and we don't have a ton to get to. But I, I'll tell you this: I thought it was going to be a much less dramatic show. Not that it's dramatic. I don't—that's not the word I'm looking for. What's the word I'm looking for? Impactful important maybe um re- re- um i almost said rememberable <laughs> memorable so i thought it was gonna be a pretty boring day we have no big reports we're out on thursday we got the weekly ones that we always get we got the uh, the mortgage rate data from freddie mac and continuing claims from the department of labor and so i thought eh, you know not really that much going on little did i know Little did I know. So at 8.30, we got jobless claims from the Department of Labor. They look, of course, at initial claims. That's people filing for unemployment for the first time. And then continuing claims, people who have been filing unemployment and continue to file for unemployment. And initial claims were projected to once again rise. This is kind of like the running joke here on the podcast. Like every week, initial claims are supposed to jump to like 230000 they jump a little bit. Most of the time they fall. And I always joke the press tries to like find a way to be like, oh, look, claims are at a six month high. It's like, yeah, because we're at historic lows. So, yeah, of course, we're reaching a new six month high because for six months, initial jobless claims haven't risen. And this week, initial claims actually jump as expected. But that's not the top story. The top story was continuing claims. Continuing claims surprised the market. They were supposed to fall. They actually increased and not by an insignificant level. So seasonally adjusted insured unemployment claims, that's uh, continuing claims, for the uh, week ending November 26th, because these are, you know, it takes a while to compile the data. So we're looking at the end of November jumped to 1.671 million, an increase of 62,000 claims and puts 
continuing claims at a level that we have not seen since the end of February. So we're talking like almost 10 months and we haven't seen a high like this before. Economists thought the claims were going to fall to 1.6 million. They jumped up to over 1.67 million. That's kind of a big difference. And this is getting a lot of attention and rightfully so because we know that what we have been looking for and have yet to find is any sign that the labor market is starting to cool. And we haven't seen it. Every month, the jobs report comes in better than expected or at least exactly as expected, neither of which show a softening of the labor market. And what do we get? Just a random Thursday, (laughs) possible evidence. We'll see. You know, we'll see what happens next week. I'm going to be watching like a hawk what happens with continuing claims. But this is also kind of a big deal because we're talking about the end of November here, the last week of November, a big jump in continuing claims. Now, like I said, initial claims did also jump. Now, this, of course, initial claims are for the week uh, ending December the 3rd, and they saw an increase of about 4,000 to 230,000, which is exactly what economists were projecting. Uh, And that's the highest level that we have seen since the end of August. But the continuing claims, I think, is kind of a big deal because, you know, initial claims, you know, we see spikes when certain things happen in the economy, especially seasonal. But, you know, like the hurricane in Florida, we saw all these initial claims jump because businesses were closed. People were filing for unemployment. We saw a jump in initial claims. So that's just what happens. And they fell back down. Other situations happen. You see claims jump up. So. It's going to be interesting to see what happens going forward. Because remember, the jobs reports are from the prior month. So the job is for the whole month. So what if in a month you have a lot of jobs created at the beginning of the month, not a lot at the end? It's going to show you a decent monthly report. And so this may be showing us that we could have been seeing some softening at the end of November. We just didn't know because maybe the beginning of November was better than expected. And so this next jobs report, or or really this next jobless claims report is going to be important because if continuing claims continue to remain high or move higher, that could be a sign. The labor market is finally starting to cool off. And that's what we want to see because that's what then going to lead to, you know, inflation's been cooling off. Rates have been cooling off. The economy overall seems to have been cooling off. The one area where things are not cooling off is the labor market. And we might finally be getting that. And that was kind of a surprise for a day I thought was going to be pretty boring. And in case you're wondering, Where were the jumps, at least in initial claims, that caused the number to rise to 230,000? California, uh, not surprisingly, had the biggest jump, 16,000 new claims. They were almost double the closest state. New York, of course, took the number two spot. And that kind of makes sense because California, New York, two most populated states, Uh, They saw a jump 9,000 new claims, followed by Texas, just over 7,900, Georgia, just over 7,500, 
and Pennsylvania, 3,150 new claims. So we will see next week. Was this report a fluke? Is there something going on that will be will be fixed by next week's report? Only time will tell. I love saying that. Only time will tell. <laughs> and that is true in this very instance. Now, speaking of things cooling, I mentioned rates. And because it is Friday, it means Thursday, we got the latest data from Freddie Mac. There, I say that kind of weird, Freddie Mac. Uh, I'm saying things weird. Good thing this is the last show for the week. I'll work on my pronunciations and dialects over the weekend. Uh, latest weekly survey from Freddie Mac showed that for the fourth week in a row, fourth week in a row, that's a month, right? That counts. Four weeks, that's that's a month. Uh, the 30-year fixed fell week over week. And so in this case, we're looking at the week ending December the 8th. That is this week. Just a reminder, you know, Freddie Mac data is this week. Mortgage Bankers Association, we talk about that on Thursday's shows. Uh, we didn't have one this week. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Uh, unforeseen circumstances. Uh, that showed rates falling. But that was for that was for last week. This is this week. They had the 30-year fixed averaging 6.33%, down 16 basis points from last week, and now down 73 basis points in four weeks a month, a calendar month. Now, even with the 75 bit drop, rates are still 323 basis points higher than where they were the same time last year. So it's great. We're now, I mean, I've heard people talk about maybe a five handle in our future. I mean, that would be fingers crossed. That would be, that would be pretty awesome. Um, But the fact that we're no longer talking about a seven handle, is, is pretty awesome. They were now we're back in the low sixes. Oh, and once again, this is data from Freddie Mac. I'm not I'm not quoting you this right. Town Bank's not quoting you this right. This is Freddie Mac quoting you in the rate. Uh, Freddie Mac also has the 15-year fixed, averaging at 5.67% for the week ending December the 8th. That's a nine BIP drop from last week. And they or they, it, the 15-year fix is now down 69. Awesome. Uh, basis points. That, that joke's never not going to be funny. You know, the the 420, 6.9. Remember Elon Musk said he's going to take Tesla private, 420, 69. It's never not going to be funny. It's, it's going to be a running joke all the time. Uh, yeah, never. We, as I always say, high school, life is high school, just in a different, bigger environment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to justify my 69 joke. Um, now that 5.67%, even with the almost 70 basis point drop, almost there, uh, is still up 329 basis points from the same time last year. So it's all relative. If you're looking at this rate compared to a month ago, you're like, oh, this is awesome. Down almost 75 basis points. If you're looking at compared to a year ago, you're like, oh, what the? I don't like that. <laughs> so it's all relative. And of course, it's always important to watch the uh, mortgage-backed securities. They saw some upward price pressure this week with the 30-year UMBS up 19 cents to close out Wednesday. I like to use Wednesday as kind of my 
my guide. Um, Wednesday to Wednesday. Wednesday, December 7th uh, at $100 on the nose. On the nose. That's pretty good. I mean, that's that's what most, that's the coupon rate for most bonds. <laughs> so that means we're, we're par. Boom, $100. Uh, interestingly enough, mortgage backs, which of course reflect what's happening with rates, are now up $4.42 since the beginning of November. So if you want to know why are rates dropping, there you go. <laughs> the price of mortgage-backed securities are increasing and have been increasing since the beginning of November. So they hit bottom in the beginning of November at like 95 bucks, you know, and change. And now they're back up to 100 bucks. There you go. There's why your rates are dropping. Uh, Sam Cater, Freddie Mac's chief economist, said the recent drop in rates is the biggest drop in 14 years. All relative. Over the last four weeks, mortgage rates have declined three quarters of a point, the largest decline since 2008. While the decline in rates has been large, homebuyer sentiment remains low. <laughs> that sucks. With no major positive reaction in purchase demand to these lower rates. I mean, it is kind of crazy, right? I mean, like rates have fallen by you know, pretty significant amount. I mean, biggest drop we've seen in 14 years and mortgage demand is still falling. It sucks. <laughs> like I said, um, so there you go. That, that, that speaks for itself. And then real quick here, before we go, this is something I want you to keep an eye on because if you remember, I think it's actually one of my most listened to episodes we talked about short-term rentals and there was a piece in Bloomberg, June 14th, 2022. I went back and looked it up and it said, Americans are building vacation home empires with easy money loans. And I read this article back in June and it scared the crap out of me because the thing read, like if you would have crossed out 2022 and put June 14th, 2007 or even 2006, and instead of having short-term rental STR loans, you replace that with subprime adjustable rates. I would have thought that this article was from that time because it had like everything, everything. You know, the, the story starts off, the article starts off about this, this woman who's just gotten rich off of short-term rental loans you know, buying properties and then making money on those, using that income to then buy another property and then taking that income and buying another property. And it just seems like a lot of leverage and a lot of money. I mean, to the point where she's talking about making a million dollars. And then there's other people in the article and they're like, yeah, I used to have a job at a grocery store and now I'm making like four times that and I just got into real estate. And it reminded me of that like scene from The Big Short where that hedge fund's interviewing those uh, mortgage guys <laughs> and the one guy's like, I used to be a bartender. Now I have a boat <laughs> and it's like things like that. It, it terrified me. It terrified me because it's not supposed to happen like that. It is never supposed to happen. If it does, something is wrong. Now, if you're someone who's been in the, and, and, and listen, I have not been in the real estate business long, but I do understand economic cycles. I do understand certain business cycles and real estate is very cyclical in that you have 
you know, boom times and then, you know, like any other business. Now, of course, with real estate, it's maybe a little different because when things are good, which usually means, you know, rates have, have fallen, you not only get the normal business because now all of a sudden home, you know, rates fall, homes are now more affordable. So people are buying homes. You also get the people who are refining. So what happens is, is that you get like a double boost. You get new customers and then you get the refi customers who are customers that you you know, hopefully had in the past. Now they're ready to refi. So it's like double boom. And then when things are bad, like right now <laughs> with, with higher rates, people aren't buying and there's no refis. And so I get that, right? So I get it. You're going to have boom times and then you're going to have sort of, I won't say bust because bust sounds like, you know, people are getting busted out, but you have sort of, you have peaks and valleys, you know, peaks and valleys. That's what you have. So I understand it's it's going to be boom, and then you're going to see more kind of normalized, maybe even a little lower than normalized times. I get that. That is not this. This is a bubble. When people are making money hand over fist with little to no experience, just, oh my God, I'm making this, and, it's, and, and leverage is involved, and you have leverage, inexperience, and greed, problems <laughs> problems are going to arise so that was back in june and i was worried if you listen to the podcast i was worried about this so fast forward to thursday at noon there's an article in the wall street journal the housing slowdown is wreaking havoc on the short-term rental market as more properties flood the market renters see a big dip in demand for vacation homes and i feel like we're in a three part play and we have now reached act two so the first act was everything's great oh my gosh we're making all this money things are never gonna end we're always gonna be rich and now we're in act two uh-oh you know we reached the thing with the arc the sopranos chris from Santa, where's my arc here's the arc here's where it comes in all of a sudden what happened is everyone heard about all of these opportunities and see here's the thing like if you create something that other people can't create or you can do something that other people, most people can't do. Right. I mean, you're, you can code or you can speak beautifully like me. Not everyone can do this, <laughs> whatever. You could do something that's not easily to replicate. Then, and things start booming in that industry, you're not going to have to worry about an economic factor, which is all of a sudden people are going to start crowding that market out and you're going to get basic economic forces. We know when people find out that something can be replicated, they're going to go do it. And so what's happened in this, because this is not something that any, you know, anyone, you know, obviously it benefits if you get in early and you kind of build, you know, a brand or whatever. Uh, especially if you get in and you, you know you you borrow money at a lower rate than someone else, that's going to put you in in a, um, in a in a in a advantageous position. There we go. I was trying to find where what, what, what's the word I'm looking for here. I was going to say advantage position and no advantageous position, but it's not something that that people just can't do. You know, people if you if you're most people, especially right now, because most people's credit is still decent. We haven't seen a real economic recession and job loss and people's credits getting destroyed. We may be getting close. <laughs> we'll see. So right now, someone can go out, get a loan, get a property and start renting it out. And especially when they see people making money hand over fist, they're going to do it. I mean, it's the same thing that, that happened, right? Oh, like I got a cash out equity back in 2006. I'm going to do a cash out equity. I'm going to go buy another home and I'm going to rent it out. And, da, da, da. and so that's what we're seeing right now. 
And so everyone saw, oh my gosh, I can make all this money buying another property and I can rent it out. Well, anyone can do that. And so that's what happened. Everyone started doing it. <laughs> and then of course, on top of that, you have people who are sitting on extremely low rates and maybe they have to move for work, maybe they have to move for family, something has happened. So they're like, well, instead of selling the house, I'm just gonna hold on to it. I got this crazy low mortgage payment, why not rent it out? And so what's happening is supply has skyrocketed. And because the economy is starting to slow, demand is starting to ease. And what happens when you have too much supply and falling demand? You get falling prices. And then all of a sudden, people who took out loans to buy these homes, all of a sudden, they have to lower the rent. And they got to lower the, you know, the fees. You know, there's crazy fees that you've seen where people go rent an Airbnb property and it's like $400 cleaning fee. People are getting fed up with that. So they're like, I'm not going to do Airbnb. I'm going to go to a hotel. So... You got some PR issues, you got a, a slowing economy, demand's falling, but your payment's not falling. And now all of a sudden, uh-oh. And so I feel like that's act three. Act three is short-term rental market gets clobbered. And all the people from that Bloomberg article in June are gonna be in a new article next year in whatever. I mean, if we went Bloomberg, now Wall Street Journal, I'm going to say Financial Times, right? Those are probably the top three business uh, news sources. They're going to be in an article where it's them talking about how I just, I just I didn't think it was going to happen. <laughs> I thought it would continue forever. And they're going to lose their whole empire that they just built. Because you lose one property, then you lose a second property, a third property. I mean, because it's all based on leverage. It's, it's like a domino. I mean, they're all based on each other. And when one starts underperforming, it all collapses. And so I feel like we're we're in act two. And there's gonna be an act three. And it's not gonna be great. Now, if you're someone who, you know, bought a, a rental property, you got an extremely low rate, very manageable, you can afford it on your current income if you don't have to rent it. People like that are gonna be fine. It's the people that went leverage, 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 all based on this boom time for travel that may not continue. So I hate to say I told you so, but I kind of did. <laughs> I kind of said that. Uh, but we're not there yet. I mean, nothing's crashing, but I feel like this is like the this is like the the flag, the the, the warning warning shot is is going up. Like here's the red flag. Here we go. This is this is how it starts. This is like the beginning of act 2. And then all of a sudden, crash is going to happen. All right, that's it. Like how I said before we got in this like 10-minute story, I was like, real quick, before we go. <laughs> that was not real quick. Um, I'll post both articles in the show notes if you want to check them out. Also, of course, uh, in the companion newsletter, which you can sign up for at marketsandmortgages.com. But that's it. We are done. You guys enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you back here Monday morning. I can't even get that out. No, I'll see you probably Tuesday morning. Tuesday morning. Maybe Monday. We'll see. Never know what's going to happen. Probably Tuesday. Tuesday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, 
Do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait.